Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. This is episode 239. This week, we have Mad Cash, the gubernatorial race. Abrams has, has tissues ready. The pitcher talking crap about the running back. Walking on weed. Anaheim housing. And DACA. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my partner this endeavor, writer, journalist, dog mom, and owner of the GeorgiaVirtue.com, Jessica Salaji. What's poppin', Dave? Oh man, I am I am down I'm in LA. Lower you're, Alabama. I was about to say you're where? Lower Alabama, visiting my parents. Uh Turned the pool heater on. We spent some time in the pool. We we uh, went to the Alabama Shrimp Festival, which was you could just call it the Alabama Line Festival because there was a line of traffic to get there and a line to get anything. Was it good? Yeah, I mean, it was it was fine. I mean, they yeah you know, they have live music and all that stuff. We went a, I don't know a dozen years ago or so. And it was a lot different. It was a lot more like local artists and stuff. But we found a picture we liked. And this is literally a, 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 the guy is a is a photographer. It was like four hundred fifty bucks for a picture to hang on the wall. It's like Jesus. That's quite. Um, that's steep for a market vendor. A yeah. Here's the thing. If we actually knew where we were going to put it in the house, I'd have bought it. But to buy it, then like, oh, we'll we'll figure out a place to now. It just, and he's a he's a hell of a photographer, but you know, four hundred fifty bucks for a picture is a, is a bit much. How was your week? My week was fine. I dealt with a lot of prison stuff, so um, you know, it was fine. I was not in prison. I didn't have to go to a prison, so check plus on all that. But it's always depressing because. It really just, the prison stuff anymore just really challenges my ideological beliefs because you want quality conditions for some of these people and you want like better things for people and you want better people coming out. Um, Well, like some of these people make it so hard to argue for any of that. Yeah, uh, it it is is hard to argue because look, the, the, Kemp has got to do something with with the with the head of uh, of the Bureau of Prisons. It just it just you got to Yeah, I mean, by do something, I mean make him unemployed. Because we we've got murder for hire plots coming out of there. Uh, look, I was, uh, you know, I, I I track the the bookings that that go through Paulding County, and one of the guys that was booked in Paulding County uh, is twice convicted of murder. He's doing two consecutive life sentences. So I, I just, out of curiosity, I started Googling the guy. He has like five different Facebook profiles, tw- Twitter profile and stuff like that. And I'm like, and I know I, I'm well aware of how he has it, but the fact that it's that easy that he, he's taking a picture of himself from prison yep. as his profile picture. Yep. Oh, there's plenty of times where. Like, I have several names of people who are in, like, they don't use their, usually, they don't use their real names. They have some code name, but I've stumbled upon a few of them and saved them. And I'll go back to them and look at them um, 
because it like once you find one or two of the profiles, you've gone into this world of other inmates and literally all their posts are videos. They make music videos in there on their cell phones. They I mean, and I don't remember if we talked about it on the show or not, but a couple, it wasn't too long ago. I think it was over the summer when Butts County Sheriff Gary Long just went absolutely like balls to the wall against the Department of Corrections because um, the murderer of a former deputy up there, well, not former, but a deceased deputy, obviously, was posting and harassing the family of the man he killed on Facebook from what was supposed to be a secure facility. And they ended up getting it moved. And, you know, it shows the power of a sheriff and a sheriff embarrassing the Department of Corrections because the sheriff is close with Kemp. And I'm pretty sure that Kemp made a call to Timothy Ward and was like, um, you need to do something like yesterday. But but the reality is that this is not like as much as I focus on Tattanoe County because it is so close to me and um, the stories are now close to me. It's 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 literally everywhere. And it's it's horrifying. I mean, it is. And the fact that they took care of this one guy because it pissed off a sheriff. Right. And look, well, because I, I the sheriff, no well, the sheriff was pissed, but the sheriff was aware of it. I mean, he could prove it, he could show it. But like people show it all the time. If they if they did any due diligence, they'd be able to go see these inmates who are not even afraid to show their faces on social media. Well, this guy's using his real name. Yeah, that's not and, uncommon and, either. And he's here's the thing. He's not afraid. He's doing two life sentences. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was convicted of a murder back, I think, in two thousand two, three, four, five, whatever it was. And he was he was in custody in two thousand seventeen or eighteen, and it and cop to it. it. You know, I guess his he, they say his guilty conscience got to him. Whatever. Uh, uh, and he's he's never getting out of prison. So what's the downside to him. And I don't know why he was booked in the Paulding got of jail. You have to do a, a booking photo and paperwork when you bring somebody from prison into into the county jail if they have to testify for something. I have no idea what the case is. I haven't talked to Rollins, our DA, to ask him about it because it's just not that important. Um, but it, it was just off-putting to me. This guy, this guy is... You know, this guy's living online and, and all that stuff. And he's he's never getting out of prison. He doesn't care. Nope. You know, nothing it, to lose. Like, nothing to lose. Yeah. It's like one of the stories that you shared about the person who is one step down from uh, uh, yeah. from uh, death row. Yep. Uh, Just, it's sick. And, it, and if you follow the Georgia Virtue, you, you'll know exactly what, what case I'm talking about. Great job, but, Dave. These 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 guys are they're organizing hits from the inside. And it's not like they're slipping pieces of paper and it's and going in some guard's shoe. They're doing it on they're on friggin' Facebook. Mm-hmm. So yeah. anyway, yeah, yep, exactly. We could do we could do sh- week after week. We could be like this week in Georgia prisons and talk about all the things that happened were happened on the inside, happened at, like on the property, but not inside all the things that came out on social media, all the things that came out in the news. It could be an entire podcast. If I had time to do we it, We could I do would. a podcast with a prisoner. That that's how much freedom they have with these phones. For sure. It would be zero it would it would not even it would be totally oh god. It'd be hilarious. It would actually be hilarious. I might look into it. 
Yeah, it'd be hilarious. Like, wait, 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 guards coming. Hold on a second. I would tag okay, the F passed. out of Timothy Ward and be like, <laughs> just to, just to, he would, anyway. <laughs> From the Inside Podcast. So we have unprecedented fundraising numbers in the gubernatorial race once again. Yeah, you remember in 2018, they were like, this was the most expensive gubernatorial race ever. Remember? Oh, yeah. And we, look, we've it, well cleared that. I think it was $100 million at that point in 2018. I'm, I'm, I think. I might be conflating um, races because politics is just getting so expensive. But You know, it, 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 some of that takes the citizen legislator out of the out of the realm of possibility it's gotten so expensive to even run for state senate it's got it got expensive but you know abrams is pulling in money from hollywood like crazy well and so- her her money is coming from outside outside and her media is just so awful the, the stuff she's putting out is awful yeah so it said that I, I was correct. It was they each got about fifty million in twenty eighteen between you know in state and out state funds and everything. So hundred million. But it said that as of September thirtieth, which was the last reporting deadline, I think the seventh was the day that we saw everything come out. Um, Sixty five million for Kemp, eighty five million for Abrams. Um, it doesn't really. It never really bothers me that. I mean, if if Abrams had a hundred million and Kemp had ten million, I'd be like, dude, what are you doing? But um. Like the the difference between the two doesn't bother me. Just the sheer amounts is it, it it's it's unconscionable. Yeah, when you have people like Shane who is uh, who's not who's not fundraising at all, uh, he's he's just he's 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 running it and he he's out on his podcast and all that stuff, and he's not fundraising at all. It, I would. Here's the thing, I. I don't want to see money limited because it is your it is your it is your freedom of speech when you give money to a candidate. I just it's it's just depressing to to hear that you know by the time this thing's said and done it's going to be one hundred fifty to two hundred million dollars. Yeah, and, 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 you, gonna, and, and I, you have people who are like, you know, whatever it takes to save the the. The, the spirit and the soul of our state and and it is important i i hear you i'm with you but it's it's so much money it is and it's it and a lot of it is not hundred dollar donations coming from citizens it's uh, corporations and, and it's hundreds hundreds of millions of dollars obviously coming from outside the state people are, are involved in our little race in georgia and I don't understand what what the deal is because it doesn't affect the rest of the country if Abrams or Kemp wins. It affects yeah. us. Yeah. It, I the, don't the really governor- care. I don't. I mean, I watch. Like I sometimes, you know, stuff happens when you watch other states, and you're like, "Well, that's going to be interesting," or you hear a lot of headlines, so like you know, kind of who the players are. But I, I've never felt vested. If that makes sense yeah look i'm more i I would be more interested in a a state congressional race or state senate race or something like that because that actually that affects that affects the country as a whole whether whether that person has a vote on the floor of the senate or the the house whatever uh then then a gubernatorial race where that only affects the state 
And what's going to be interesting is, because I think Stacey's going to get her ass handed to her. At least I hope so. But once that happens, what does that say about all the, all that money coming from coming from outside the state? Is you guys you know wasted sixty five million, or may may even be up to a hundred million by the time it's uh, uh, November November's done. I understood why they spent so much money in twenty eighteen because I mean we've talked I've said it every time this has come up like it people truly believed that um, you know. This was Kemp was the underdog. She was going to obliterate him. He, I understood why the money came in. I don't this time. Um, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, I if don't she, get it. if she does lose, she's not going to uh, cry foul about the outcome. So but she, she says so she will piss and moan about the process. What she says is what she's been doing all along, but. That's not true at all. I mean, she freaking came in and said this last time, like, you know, what was it? I won the race. I just didn't get the job. Um, First of all, she hasn't run anywhere. Oh, Dave. Maybe to the buffet. Dave. Anyway. (laughs) She... My my biggest beef with her is not that she wants to change the process. It's not. I mean, like, if that's what you believe, I'm going to disagree with you because numbers show things to the to the contrary or contrary to what she states. But um, she was in a position for almost eight years to do something, and she didn't just choose to do nothing. Um she voted with Republicans on s- small, albeit, you know, they weren't big like we're doing now, but small voting in election matters. And and she voted with Republicans something like 96% of the time. I mean, she was in with Nathan Deal. She was close with David Ralston. If she had something that was passionate or she was passionate about and that was very close to her heart, she had the opportunity to do something and she didn't. And so it makes it far less... Um, respectable to me well and, and my father as a tool and, you know i'm visiting my parents uh, this weekend and my father was asking about you know that race and and stacy and i said look and I, I misquoted i i said you know she uh she voted with republicans over 90 percent of the time but something has happened to her i don't know if it's the the cheers that she's getting from the from the far left outside the state but when they made her a celebrity, something happened to Abrams. That person that you interviewed four years ago not that, her. you know, is, is not the person I see now. No. That person, you asked me, does she seem like a monster uh, after you did that interview? I said, no, she, she's wrong. I disagree with her. Mm-hmm. But she was super gracious with her time. She was super nice to you. Uh, and she I really came enjoyed on- the interview. I was sad that I didn't have as much time with her as I could have or that, you know, if I would have been a bigger media outlet, but I enjoyed talking with her. She's super smart. I mean, if you if you look at her resume, uh, uh, besides even go to Yale Law School and stuff, uh, if you look at her resume, she is super super smart. And uh, she, again, she got along with Deal, got along with Ralston, which <laughs> she's got one up on me there. Uh, but you 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 were. You didn't agree with everything she said, but you respected her. Absolutely. 
And I respected the fact that she put in the, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with just, I, I, I like a divided government, but, you know, I, I respected that she didn't just go in and vote no on every GOP thing that on things that mattered that weren't the divisive issues like guns and babies and Jesus like that that they would go and easy Candace I'm I'm just saying like <laughs> they would not she didn't just shrug it off because it was a Republican thing and she was the minority leader she did try to put in some effort to work she was a completely different person then and if you asked Republicans when she was in the legislature what they thought of her they would say um, well, I, I, I like her. I don't agree with her. She's extremely kind. Um, you know, she's, she's easy to work with. Like she listens. I don't feel like she listens to anything now. Well, that's the thing is she, she was, when you interviewed her, she was, I, she just came across so gracious, mm -hmm. just, you know, just a, a warm, a warm person, uh, if you stayed outside of politics, you'd love to have, you'd love to sit down and have brunch with her. I mean, she just, it just a, she came across as a just genuine person, but that's not who I'm seeing now. That's not the Stacey Abrams that I'm seeing now. What well, I'm I've, seeing now is a caricature. Yeah. I've been told though, like when they talk about this in history, they will probably reference the fact that I had the last reasonable interview with her. Like, I think my name and my picture will be in the in the history books and everything. I, well, I, make sure your hair is good for that picture. I will. I will. Hopefully, I'll sketch the picture for them. <laughs> Not a ponytail. Right. Now, now that the colder weather's here, the humidity's dropping down there, and you don't have to worry about frizz. Because this, these are all very important things for 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 any of the males out there. Uh, th these are very important things uh, in in woman world that you got to make sure your hair is on point before you take that picture to go in the history book. So. I found about I found out about this on Facebook because I was totally removed from politics the last few days, mm -hmm. uh, enjoying time with my parents, doing family time, hanging out in the pool, uh, playing so with the nice dogs. To just have and, that little bit of break, like it's so nice. It is, it is. But I saw something about someone griping about Jeff Duncan being a being a rhino. So Duncan says Walker only won the primary because he scored a lot of touchdowns. And this is coming from a guy who yes. leaned on the leaned on the fact that he was a pitcher. He made he, TV when, when he commercials with him in his uniform. <laughs> no, I, look, Duncan's not running for re-election because he he's a turd. I mean he 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 really he, he He's not likable. He got he's not likable. He done got busted. Uh one when they went to ask him about some of his travel vouchers and things like that, he evaded the questions and ran from the, from the cameras. He just handled the the entire thing wrong. But one, I don't care what Jeff Duncan has to say. Two, he's right. Okay, he is right, but I mean, sweep your own stoop, buddy. Like it just um, it's very hard to respect the opinion like he's not he's a terrible messenger and I, it reeks of just trying to be relevant you're on your way out look january 1 you're done just just cruise on out brother just cruise on out why 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 are you i don't disagree i i said when this whole thing started 
that Herschel Walker's got a good chance because he's Herschel damn Walker. Sure. And if Herschel wants to win, he needs to go put his damn jersey on and be out front. Herschel's problem is he can't speak. He can't. He, he's horrible at it. He's horrible at it. He's horrible in front of the camera. He, he can't debate Warnock. Warnock Warnock's entire career was speaking. And you, you know, you can say whatever you want about it. Look, and, and Raphael Warnock and I are not friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were both quoted in an article years ago about a gun buyback, and he was pissed at me because I was buying the guns before they could get the gun buyback and they could smelt them. Uh, so Warnock and I are not friends at all, and I don't want Warnock to win. But I don't want her it's to true. Well, I mean, I I do like the libertarian that's running. He's he's he is he's awesome. He's articulate. Uh, he, he you know he's been on on Fox Business on Kennedy, and he, he can he 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 and uh, Shane Hazel are the new faces of the Libertarian Party. It's no more the McAfee's. It's no more of the Gary Johnsons. These are folks who can articulate why they believe in libertarianism and why they believe in liberty and and all that stuff. They're they're the new face of of the party, and I think that is outstanding. Uh, but you know, back on Duncan, Herschel Walker is the best thing you could say about him is he is not a thinker. And he will vote along Republican Party lines. Whatever the Republicans do, he will vote along with them. That's just that's that's the best thing you say about him. But he is such a horrible Hopefully. candidate. Hey, he'll do what he's told. You know, the the, the Republican Party will will call to play. He'll 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 break the huddle and go vote the way the way the party wants him to. That's that's the best thing you can say about him. He's, he, you know, he's just, he's, he's not cerebral. I'm sorry. You get, you have your entire career of getting hit in the head and then wonder why he's not articulate. All right. <laughs> hey, look, I, 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 I don't dislike Herschel Walker. I just don't think. You don't want to be your senator. I, I don't think he's qualified. One, uh, two, I don't like him being a carpetbagger. I mean, he has lived what the last 20, 30 years in Texas. It's not that he just doesn't like Georgia. It's just that you know he was a he was a, a Dallas Cowboy, and that's you know where he made his life. And it was Trump that recruited him to come to Georgia and run for the Senate. I'd rather have somebody who. Well, who, and that's really where Jeff Duncan's beef comes from because he hates Trump, and that's fine too. But like, also, I mean, where was Jeff Duncan hollering about Herschel during the primary? <sighs> I, and, and the the Trump derangement stuff, it just I don't I don't hate Trump. I, I I don't think of Trump one way or the other right now. He's not in office. He's not running for office right now. Uh, I the the only thing I say about it is I would like him to stay out of our Amen. state politics because he's not he's not a Georgian. You know this this is our election. You know that and that's just the way it is. This is our election. Stay out of it. So, we have Biden pardoning weed. Yeah, I totally missed this story, too. Um, like, I was, like, two days behind on it. All I, I mean, I had been in court, so I didn't have my phone and stuff. But 
I was reading news and I was like, well, I'll be darned. <laughs> Look at that. I bet Kamala. He did was wait like till having... election cycle. I, I bet Kamala was losing her crap. Now, here's the thing is it is obviously only applies to federal, federal prisons. Uh, so the number is insignificant. I mean, it's, not, it's not insignificant if you're in jail for weed and you're in a federal prison. And it's obviously. simple possession, no violence, no firearms, none, none of that, no recidivist. Right. Exactly right. It's, it's, it's a, a very low percentage. And you know why it, I'm I against guess, it? Why is that? Because it's a totally out of order way to do things because now everyone that was pardoned before October 6th is pardoned. And anyone who does commits the same offense... So everyone who was in prison and everyone who was charged is free to go. Anyone who does it from October 7th forward is going to prison. They haven't changed right. the law. No, you, you're, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, and the Democrats have had both houses of Congress and the, the, the presidency, and they've made no motions towards, towards rescheduling or legalizing marijuana. Well, there is a marijuana. bill, but they haven't moved the bill. Well, there's always a bill. I know. I'm just saying. You said none. I just want to be clear that there is at least one little. Yeah, Margie's got a got a, a an impeachment bill that she dropped. It, it's not going anywhere. No. So there's always a bill for that for that side of, sort of stuff. But Pelosi, if she really cared, would push that bill forward. Would it get 60 votes in the Senate? I have no idea. I doubt it. But at least it it, it would it well, would put heat on those senators. It won't because it is. I've read the bill and it's it's messy. It's not just hey let's reschedule this or deschedule it or anything. It's um it's messy, and so I I wouldn't vote for it either. I mean, they're all messy. I know. So you give people crap sandwiches, and you're like, why don't you vote for that? Right. So yeah, they're they're all messy. They, it. It boggles the mind. The logical person goes, why can't you just write a one-page bill saying marijuana will be descheduled or rescheduled, and that's it. And just on the federal level, we're not going to track it. The states do whatever the hell you want. On the federal level, we're, we're, we're descheduling it, which would allow, again, those federal, the federally funded universities to do actual research on the medical benefits of marijuana my but they're not going to do that. Well, he's not my congressman, but he's a congressman from Georgia. Buddy Carter said that if they leave marijuana up to the states, there will be um, too much yeah, was that electricity. Last, yeah, was that last week or week before? I yeah, that, two that weeks he, ago. Yeah, that he was the the mule of the week. Yeah, uh, the the pharmacist says. We don't we don't want to legalize something that might actually help people by not buying stuff from pharmacies. Correct. This is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions and not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over the GeorgiaVirtue.com. Let's get on to the mule of this week, Jess. It's related to the story we just talked about, and it's someone who could easily be the Mule of the Week every week, and that would be Senator Tom Cotton, who 
doesn't have an ideological really disagreement um, with the marijuana stuff. Well, he does. I mean, he's a tough on crime guy, but um, it, it doesn't have like a consistency issue with it. He tweeted saying, in the midst of a crime wave and on the brink of a recession, Joe Biden is giving blanket pardons to drug offenders, many of whom pled down for more serious charges. This is a desperate attempt to distract from failed leadership. No, Tom, it's not. Also, if you don't want people to be able to plead down from serious charges, change the law. It's almost like he's a lawmaker. It would have the ability to change federal law. He is one of here, the here, worst we've got. Oh, well, here's awful. the thing. I'm no Joe Biden fan, and, and everybody knows that. But you can hold two thoughts in your head at the same time. You can address the economy and pardon drug drug offenses at the same. It, it it's not it's not. It's not that you have to be exclusive on, I'm only focusing on the border. I'm only focusing on this. I'm only focusing on that. It's, and look, I, I, I agree. Had he said this was this was a political move, he waited till the midterms. He knows that his party's losing and he wanted to throw a bone out there to, uh, to, to the Democrats that are running for re-election. All that may be true. That that would have been a, a more intelligent, nuanced thing to say other than, well, there's other things to focus on and these people could have pled down from other Ooh, sorry, Eric. Always. There's always other things to focus on. I mean, like, that is that is an argument every single day of the week. The problem is yes, that if- we have to focus on all of those things because our country is in shambles. Yes, if you focus on the border, you're ignoring the economy. No, that's not that. That's that's you can you can hold two thoughts in your head at the same time. Oh, I mean Biden can. He can't hold one. He's shaking hands with air. But you know the administration can hold two thoughts in their head at the same time. Uh, you you can address you can address the runaway inflation and the border at the same time. So oh, I, yeah. yeah, Tom Cotton's an idiot, and. The jackass of the week. So state officials have been uh, warning Anaheim for decades uh, that their regulations on transitional housing is illegal. The city's uh, rejection of a nonprofit grandma's house of hope group home uh, was the last straw. Yeah. So this is something that this is this exact story is happening in California, but it's really an issue in a lot of places. And I thought it was interesting, but basically, um, you know, uh, local governments have zoning laws and they have distances between, you know, from certain other locations like, you know, churches and liquor stores, bars and churches, schools, all that fun stuff. Um, and, a lot of places, which pe- most people don't know this because there either isn't a facility like this in their community or there is one that, you know, has been there for a long time. But they have a lot of limits on rehabilitation centers and um, like not halfway houses, but things that are similar to that or things for the homeless or um, even like domestic violence survivors. I mean, there's all kinds of regulations and permits required for these people, of course, in the name of safety, but really not really for that at all. But in this case, um, there's 
the city of Anaheim refused to give the House of Hope a conditional use permit for a 15-person group home that served formerly homeless women with mental health issues. Um, and All women have mental health issues. Because of men. Um, <laughs> but so initially they wanted to have 21 women in this eight-bedroom house that was in a neighborhood, um, and they'd offer therapy um, in the house. They'd be able to um, – there would be staff there. I mean, and then the, there it's a transitional home. So, like, the goal is to get them back on their feet, get them employed, and then get them into permanent housing somewhere else. Um, and, like, the nonprofit has some really great statistics for – which they usually have to present, right, when they go before planning and zoning. This happens all the time. And it, it drives me insane because I watch these nonprofits and these um, medical professionals, like, make a PowerPoint to elected officials who have no idea what they're talking about. And they try to explain, you know, the results-driven numbers and, and grants they want to get and why they need to have this facility and why the location is great and all these things. And then local officials ask really dumb questions like, well – why 21 and not 15 or, you know, do you, how are you, you know, will these people be wearing ankle monitors? Like they ask the most ridiculous, ridiculous questions. Have you talked to the cops about this? Um, anyway, this has resulted in a lawsuit in California. Um, and it's about whether or not the state can impose regulations on the city to bar the city from barring the nonprofit, basically. Man, this NIMBY stuff. I'm not comparing the two issues. Not comparing the two issues, but we have a, a pit bull rescue out in, in Paulding County. Oh, God. And the, the, the questions from the zoning board was absolutely ridiculous about how, how high is the fence? What happens if somebody goes and drops one off outside? And he's like, "Well, we don't, we don't, we we go and get these from the from from shelters, you know. That's not. But the questions they were asking, they tried to to this guy who's actually doing really really good work with these dogs, these these abused dogs, and getting them to where they can be adopted and and family pets. Uh, they just were he. he it was like on 12 acres and he was going to put a facility in the middle of 12 acres with a 10 foot fence all the way around it. And like, well, what happens when, if one escapes? What it, it just, it's, it's yes. The, it was the, what, what brought that to mind was the absurdity of, of the questions that go in mm -hmm. for, for, for the zoning. It's, it's, you know, I, well, and, I told and the guy he should have asked permission. Just, just get zoning to build a house in the middle of 12 acres and that's it. And then do whatever you want to do. Don't tell the county. Yeah. I well, and the reality is a lot of times these places and and even rescues like you're talking about, they they operate and most people have no idea. Because it's not like especially when you have like a, a facility that is um transitional for home, you know, people who have who have been in a a tough situation, like you're not going to put them on blast and be like, homeless women live here. If you're homeless, stop by. Like they don't, it's not like they're drawing attention to it. They usually are very quiet, understated, discreet places for good reason. Um, and while I don't, I mean, I zoning in itself is 
a nasty, nasty beast. But I I don't understand the oftentimes the target on the cause versus the purpose, like the purpose of the land use versus, I mean, if you don't have enough parking or something, like, I mean, I don't, again, I don't agree with zoning laws, but if, if you don't have enough parking or you don't have like safety wise or fire wise or something like something where there is a legitimate concern that you can articulate, then vocalize that. But I am not, I don't, most of us are not here for the nonsense of, you know, whether or not you think that having a facility for people who are now sober and having a facility for them is going to bring drug activity to your community. That's just a dumbass question. It is. And here's the thing. We all talk about mental health and wanting to do something about homelessness. And wanting and, uh, private entities to do something about it. And then the government stops them. Right. Exactly right. Is is We have a, a, a charity that's doing, honestly, the Lord's work. Finding these women who are uh, have mental problems or or drug addiction or something else and and get, giving them the help that we all say they need, and not not just a shelter for the night, but trying to make them productive members of society, get a job, how to apply for a job, and getting them sober or get, or getting therapists to to work with their mental issues and and things like that. These these are all things that we say as a society we want to see more of. I mean, we all see homeless people go, man, that guy looks like he needs help. These are so arming, when somebody, these people are arming them with the tools that they need to get the help. Right. And then, and then, but no, oh, you're not going to do it in Anaheim. Oh, you, you need to take that somewhere else. But I do have concerns about, I mean, it's kind of like with the, um, I'm sure you remember because we talked about it a lot on the show, the bill in the Georgia legislature to limit to allow the to well not to allow to ha- give the state the authority to tell local governments they cannot dictate what homes are made out of aesthetic things that were not related to safety do you remember that a couple years ago i think it was three years yeah. ago now um it's the same thing uh, i think local I, I i supported the concept because i'm like local governments are out of control is that the proper role of the state i'm not sure if that i mean i honestly like when you look at it uh, from an ideological perspective, it really should be that you change the constitution to limit what cities are able to regulate, like cities and counties, to what they're able to regulate. Um, How dare you? Right. How dare you be reasonable? Instead of p- cherry picking, though, like this, like you're saying, oh, well, you can't tell them about their permits numbers, but you can tell them about parking spots. Like you, I mean, it's just, you're going to make more well, of a mess. Yeah, here's the thing is, had they just opened this home and not told anybody, it'd been fine. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm a, I'm a big supporter of Shepherd's Rest in, uh, in Paulding County. And the, the owner, doc, Dr. Catherine Melton, uh, I say the owner, the, the, the person who started it, just she, she paid cash for the houses that, that she uses, a, a, a crisis house and transition house. And if you go to the neighborhood, you have no idea that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. No idea. It's just uh, it, it, maybe if you're next door neighbor and you and you see that there's different people every so often, you may notice it. But if, if for safety for safety reasons, these houses look like every other house in the neighborhood. 
you know, uh, if if an abuser is out there looking for his his victim, there's no way that you could just drive through his neighborhood and know. Oh, okay, that's 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 a that's a house housing women who uh, who have been abused, and, and this, I'm sure the same thing is true here. The whole idea of of getting these 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 women back in society is not to is not to put stigma on them. So there's not Amen. a big sign out front going formerly homeless women. You don't want it's, to draw attention to it. And, and they, they want them to come there. They don't want them to be embarrassed to be seen in the front yard or walking in. And I mean, it's just asinine. But I don't think that more state involvement is going to achieve the. But it's never in, well, in, in government, it's, it's never the answer to have less government. Of course not. So yes, the state could go in and, and stop the city from doing this, but but instead of saying, instead of like you said, change the state constitution where the the uh, municipalities don't have the right to zone this, to to, to block whatever, they're going to go in and get involved in this one specific sense when there are fifty other charities out there that may have some some sort of transitional housing, includes including. Uh, battered women's shelters and uh how about for you know uh how housing from for homeless men or homeless pets or whatever else instead of saying that you don't have the you don't have the right to to the the the, the municipalities don't have the sovereignty to do that they're going to go and address this one thing by putting more government in, involved instead of doing what you know liberty-minded people would say which is get the hell out of it well and let's be honest too i mean these facilities, because they have to be licensed by the state in so many other ways, are already s- subject to inspections and everything else. So, like, once, I mean, you are giving them permission to use the property how they see fit. After that, like, the local government has no say on the operations and everything else. And if they're not making their their numbers and they're not having success... That's going to impact their donors. It's going to impact their grants. It's going to impact any state funding that they might re- right, might receive. And while that might be a slow decline, like if it's not the right facility and it's a it's a bad facility, the the likelihood of its success in the community is going to suffer anyway. But the reality is, is most of the time, when by the time an organization gets to the point of having a home, they usually are pretty darn successful, and they're subject to all kinds of rigmarole that like defects doesn't subject people to and and assisted care homes and things like that, which really, you know, I guess that's what really chaps my behind is like a corporation comes in and says, we want to open an assisted living facility. And they're like, great, we can't wait to get the taxes. Right. And and look, we want all these people to get help. And local... Most people can tell you if Biden had cornflakes or Cheerios for breakfast, but they have no idea what's going on with their local government. And the local government is the one that is taxing their homes, taxing their cars, taxing every time that they, they spend money. They have no idea. They, most people don't even know who their commissioner is or their uh, city council person is. They have no idea. But they can tell you what, what's going on in Congress. Congress has has almost no bearing on my life. No, but, I don't but, spend a lot of time worried about it because I can't do anything about it. Right. But the people that are sitting in my county commission, they have direct control over what happens in my life. And I know I'm saying this as a member of a zoning board. <laughs> yeah. 
the co-chair. But you do of the, try uh, to be the voice of reason or the voice of dissent because I, I have yet to vote no. I, right. I've been on this board for four years and I've yet to vote no. I can't believe they haven't removed you. Uh, my commissioner uh, likes the way I vote. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Keith Dunn, my, my post commissioner, is a super good guy, and uh, uh, he he knows what he has. I mean, before that, it was Ron Davis who actually appointed me to the board. Uh, he he wanted a, a libertarian minded person to to be on that board to be to be that voice. And I, if you watch any of my board meetings, uh, the, what what, is, what does Dave say? Motion to approve. And the angels do that little like. Sound. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we have Texas v United States. Sort of, yeah. Old sort Texas of doing Texas things. I love Texas. I I, I do. I, I uh, not just for this, but I just, I, if you've ever been to Texas, you, you've. Yeah, I, I love the people. I love uh, the just super super nice folks. Even. Uh, kids that you would think that are like alternative looking with with you know nose rings stuff like that. Well, how are you doing, sir? Oh, excuse me. Super. I love Texas. But last week, the Fifth uh, Circus of Appeals upheld a Texas federal judge's ruling that the Obama era Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals (DACA) program is unconstitutional. But they did leave intact that. Um the DACA babies that are in existence that we have given stuff to, like we're not going to just go round them up. That was the order. That was the ruling last year by the lower court and this judge upheld it. Cause you know, when DACA took effect, they gave social security numbers, um, authorizations and, and shielding like shields from deportation. So when, in July of last year, I guess, the district judge ruled that it, Texas was right and that it, you know, they couldn't accept any, or couldn't have any more authorizations for the future, but that what had, I mean, because I don't know. I don't know how you would, I don't know how a, a judge would be, you, I mean, you can't, just like you can't retroactively punish someone for something you can't retro yeah i, 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 I can't i can't make you illegal but i but i can right. keep the future now right. look which a lot of DACA, people don't understand yeah daca kids the typically these are kids that came across as as young children they identify as americans a lot of them don't even speak another language they they've they've, they've spoken they've spoken english their entire lives uh, to throw them out of the country, they have nowhere to go. I mean, it's they're you know, I'm used the stereotypical Mexico. It's and of course there are you know hundreds of other countries that could that they they could be coming from. But if you were to take a kid who came here at six months old and say, okay, now you're illegal, and drop them in the middle of Mexico City, not not speaking the language, not knowing anybody, that that's just damn cruel. Yeah. Uh. This all all this immigration stuff is is insane to me because we're not addressing the the main issues. Which is, if you want to secure the border, it's very simple: stop giving crap away. Right. You know, 
if, if you come here to work, fine, but you're not going to come here and start collecting, collecting benefits. You're not going to get special housing. If, if you do away with all that, there would be a mass exodus of, of illegal immigrants that, that are leaving the country because we're not giving, we're not giving stuff away to them. I just, I, you know, these individual rulings on things like DACA and stuff like that, I think are chipping away at fringe issues. None of us have an issue with somebody who came here in someone's arms as a baby and made, you know, went to school here, made a life here and, and, uh, and all that. We, none of us have a problem with those folks. None of us. We, we do, however, have a problem with people that get here and immediately start filing for food stamps. Yeah. And, th- and that, that's more the, the issue. And, and like I said, these, these, these DACA, this is not going to affect who is already here. I had a guy, he actually became a naturalized citizen who worked for me, who, you know, it, uh, his family was from Mexico. He came over as a baby. He was, he was, a, he, he was literally a DACA baby. I mean, he's now naturalized and, and all that stuff, but he doesn't know anybody in Mexico. Yeah. You know, he, he, the kids that he went to school with or his, his peers that he went to school with are all Americans. I mean, it's, he, that's how he grew up. Well, I think that most people, even if they don't want to admit it publicly, I think that for most, most people have a hard time articulating what should be done with children, whether they come alone, whether they're separated from their parents because their parents are incarcerated. Um, I think most people are like, you know, close down the borders, deport people, don't let them come across, take them right back over, you know, or toss them in jail and then send them back and like whatever they, whatever their opinions may be. But then when it comes to kids, they're like, uh, uh, well. It is difficult because. Yes, it's because difficult. We we all love puppies and babies. We we don't we don't want to see bad stuff happen to babies. None of us do, and even the the most hardcore uh, anti-immigrant folks don't want to see bad things happen to babies. No, but they are might be a little bit tougher about how to resolve. You know, like they might. I mean, though, like there's there's plenty of people who are like. Kids in cages will blame their parents. I mean, where in reality, like it's I've said it before in this exact way and and it's not a solution. But like, do you want to look back on history and say, I supported putting a child in a cage? And I and I know it's not like a dog kennel. We're talking about like, but still, I mean, does, is that the image that you want to look back on your period of the world when we have the history as it is? Do you want to be part of saying, well, I was OK with that? Like. Even if there's nothing you can do, do you have to support it? Right, and in all the in all the debate with with dealing with with illegal immigration, the less government and less and fewer handouts never comes up. Of course not. They they want to they want to put a wall up. They want to they you know and look I I've said before and this is not a very nice thing to say. 
But if you put interlocking fire along the border, which is you know machine guns that that uh, that their sector of fire overlaps and start lighting people up as as invaders as they come across, they stop coming across. Um, but the the simplest solution is, ah, if you get here, you better get a job because we're not giving you free stuff. And that that is the that's the ultimate solution to all of it is stop giving away free stuff. If, if you come here illegally, we're not going to educate your kids. We're not we're not you're not you're not going to go to a hospital get free health care. You're not going to get food stamps. You're not going to get re, uh, uh, cheap housing. Uh, it, it if you come illegally, you just you know you're you're going to live on the fringe of society and be homeless. And they're homeless living on the fringe of society now. Might as well stay in their own country. It's it's ugly. I mean, that's just the reality. It's it's ugly. Immigration it is, is ugly, ugly. And, you know, we say, well, what do they do in other countries? Well, they they do a lot worse things. And that's part of part of what they do in other countries is why we tell everyone we're the best country in the world. You know, I mean, there's there's lots of things we do wrong. There's lots of things we do right. I just don't. Well, the solution of just of of putting people on buses and shipping them around the country is not the solution either. No. The 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 solution is to do away with the handouts. And look, I'm not saying do away with the handouts for illegals. I'm saying do away with the handouts. Period. Mm-hmm. I agree. But if you are going to have handouts, it might as well be for for Americans. If you're going to have a safety net, it ought to be for. Our people, not for the world, because we can't afford it. No, we we can't afford the money we're sending to damn Ukraine either. I, I I know that, but you know we can't afford to take care of who we have now. We certainly can't afford an influx of people, and I think that immigration to the United States should be a lot simpler than it is. If if you want to come here to work, and we need workers, and the fact is we do need workers. There should be something available for that, much like the guest worker program with with the uh, agriculture industry. That should should be available. Those are people who are coming in for a specific perfect purpose, and they are here to help. And that that should that should be a very simple process to do, because we do need unskilled farm workers to go out and pick lettuce. And that that's just a fact. We yeah. we need them. You can't get Americans to go out and and work in agriculture. I mean, you just can't. You know, it's, maybe that will change eventually. I don't know if it will or not. But you know, even with the trades, the trades. You know, I, I'm obviously a tradesman. The trades are looked down upon in in educated circles as, you know, you know, if if you don't study, you're gonna end up with a job with a shirt with your name on your shirt. Well, that guy with the name on his shirt makes a pretty damn good living. Right. But as our as our uh, birth rates decline, we absolutely do need people to come in and come in and work. And I have no problem with it. Uh, what I have a problem with is the folks that are coming in and putting their hand out. I mean, you you can't believe that all these busloads go, going into New York uh, of people are actually just getting there and going to work. They're not. They're coming in and, and and hopping on the dole. Yeah. 
but I don't, I don't think this is a big, a big win or anything else. I, uh, I don't think, you know, it's people saying it's, it's a devastating impact on the workforce. I, I, I don't, I, I don't think that's, that's the well, case. Well, it hasn't been for the last year. I mean, they've been able to kind of keep, you know, chugging along. Well, this well, it's, it's in appeal, and they're going to appeal it to the Supreme. I mean, they've already yeah, it's going it's going to SCOTUS. Yeah. yeah, that'll be something else we talk about. It'll, it'll go to SCOTUS. Well, now that we've solved all those problems, Jess, do you have any closing thoughts? Um, yeah, just kind of like an, an additional mule. Um, Carrie Lake, who's running for governor in Arizona, kind of like how we were talking about how you're not vested, but you kind of watch the headlines. Um. Well, she had an ad about securing the border, and she used footage of Russian soldiers. Really? She did. Um, it's it's footage from Shutterstock, so it's not like she went to like www.putin.com, <laughs> like pulls some B-roll from there, but. Um, I, I'm guessing there were some people in her campaign team who um, got fired. The, it's not a good look if you don't know what your National Guard looks like for the state. or Because, I mean, it's like I tell people all the time. Like, if you have a social media post, okay, there's some dumbassery that can go into that. But, like, when you, when you have a, a campaign TV ad or um, – well, yeah, a TV ad. I mean, the, the number of people that it has to go through to be approved on a gubernatorial race, there, there's just no way that you have people around you if, if none of them know that those are Russians and not Arizonians. So anyway, way to go, Carrie. Yeah, it's also not the governor's role to secure the border. No, but we've been sending, We Kemp just sent 2,500 or we sent some people to the the border to help and they can't they can't arrest anybody they can only help with like other things so what are they going to like make coffee yeah meal service yeah they they can't actually enforce anything at the border right but their support services is essentially how would you like to be one of those guardsmen that has to walk away from his full-time job to go to the border and feed people wouldn't i mean uh, retention's hard enough because being in the national guard sucks i tried it for a year after i got out of the real army and it sucks uh that that's hard enough but damn and it's 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 just red meat they're throwing they're throwing around uh secure our border it's just it's just a red meat thing that the governor has no control over if yeah, she's if I she's like running it, for Congress, fine. Right, but that's why I like when it backfires on them because no one is more deserving than the person who just wants to, you know. Yeah. Signal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they need to fire whoever whoever put the put that ad out. Uh, my thing is, uh, alphabet agencies suck. The EPA. In the midst of a, uh, a looming recession and huge inflation, 
is raising air conditioning uh, efficiency standards. Uh, What does that mean to the individual homeowner? That means when your equipment dies, you you go to replace it, it's going to be somewhere between 10 and 30% more, more expensive. Uh, they're telling us 30%, and I, I, I would expect to be around 10 to 15%. That's just me personally. Usually they come out with these huge numbers and then back off for a little bit. But the factories will have to retool to start because they're not allowed. It's not one of those things where they can make it up until December 31st and sell it. December 31st, the, for what I'm being told and what I'm reading, December 31st, it's illegal to sell it. So they're going to get rid of all. No, yeah, that's it. So anything that's left in stock is is done. It's gone. Can you already buy the new stuff? Uh, well, you can buy higher efficiency stuff. Yeah, you can buy it now. I mean, yeah, you can buy high higher efficiency stuff now. That 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 would not would not affect it. But it's the it's the retooling that's that's going on right now. Uh, I got an email from Linux, one of my equipment suppliers, that says that I cannot return any 14 seer equipment after after November first because they don't want to have it on, on hand. So if if I if I have 14 seer equipment in in my warehouse. I better get rid of it, or if I'm going to return it, it's got to be uh, back into them before uh, November 1st, or else I own it. It's my I, I can't get rid of it. What that'll do to warranties and stuff, I I have no idea. But you know, the EPA is is long been the the bane of my existence, but the, it is going to hugely affect the the homeowners. Uh, the it's not going to affect guys like me. It's not, you know, it just the price, the price of equipment. I have to pass along. So, if it goes up by fifteen percent, guess what? My prices are going up fifteen percent. That's just, that's just the fact of staying in business. So, if you know, this is, you know, I don't talk a whole lot about what I do for a living on the show, but if you are in the position where you think you might need new need new stuff, you 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 better go ahead and do it. Especially if you're talking about trying to get. Less expensive stuff. Uh, nothing is cheap, so I won't say cheap stuff, but less expensive stuff. Or if you're, if you're saying I'll I'll wait till spring to do it, you're gonna be looking at a significant price increase over what's happening right now. Such crap. It is. It is. So on that cheery news, uh, thank you to Eric Cumby, our editor. Big thank you to my partner in crime, Jessica Salaji. I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week. Catch me howling at the moon